many different societies had a code of conduct. I'm wondering, what is your code of conduct? We're going to be talking about that this week on episode 190 of The Relaxed Mail. This is The Relaxed Mail, a show that comes to you each week helping men to remove the nice guy from their life so they can actually live their life on their terms. Join the host certified coach, Brian Goodwin, as he helps men step out of their heads and become free from the thoughts that bind them. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. I am your host, Brian, and I am a certified men's coach that assists men who are just neck deep in the suffering of their life. Men who are going through the divorce or more, they may just be going through their day-to-day struggles. Life can come at us fast and sometimes we become so overwhelmed that we do not know what to do. I am here to help men get to the root of their suffering, help them step back, Take a five by five, look and see what the actual problem is so that they can actually relax and re- enjoy life. And each week we uh, take a look and see what it takes to actually make those changes. And this week we're going to be talking about something that affects men to their core. This is what makes men. And sadly, you don't hear this concept talked about all that often. You get some like order of man, they talk about the code of conducts and things like that. And we're going to be talking more about that. But I just wanted first to point out that this is episode 190. Holy smokes, 190 episodes later. And that means we're 10 away. We're 10 weeks away from episode 200. And I'm one to kind of wonder what do y'all want? episode 200 to be is there anything in particular that you want is there something that you would like to have happen for the podcast episode number 200 give me a uh, give me a pointer give me a, a a idea you can shoot me an email over at brian with a y at relaxedmail.com or you can get a hold of me through facebook or instagram or threads now or or any of these other social media channels. I'm on just about all of them. And so you can, you should be able to, to find me there. So anyhow, guys, if this is your first time to the show, welcome, welcome. Hello. And I'm so glad to have you here. I am Brian, as I mentioned earlier, and I am here to help you make the most out of your life. Yeah. You're going through a divorce. You're going through something horrendous, something you don't care to be facing, but yet here it is. It's being faced. And what do you do? How can you actually take a divorce, take a problem in your life and turn it into an advantage, something that you can actually look at and go, that was a rough time, but I came through it on the other side. That's what the relaxed smell is all about. Yeah. We're going to have stuff thrown at us each and every week, but What is that? How is that going to define us? Is it, are we going to shrink away from it? Are we going to bow up our chest, step up to the plate and face it head on? One of the means and how we do that is through what our code of conduct is. And there's a lot of different codes of conduct. There's some that are really famous for that happened throughout the years. There's the Roman code of conduct, U.S. military. We have a code of conduct. Spartan Code of Conduct, the Bushido Code, 
there's a lot of them that are like that. And first off, I wanted to just kind of go through. I was just, I got to looking at codes of conducts and this is, I came across these different, you know, the U.S. military, the Roman Spartan code and the Bushido code. And I never actually had heard these actual codes. I'd heard like the code of, uh, of chivalry, things like that, that knights had, but, and things that we, you, you lived by the code, you know, the code, pirates code, thieves code, you know, you've heard of all these different types of codes, but, and what they are, but I'd never actually had sat down and saw something along the lines of like the, what the Roman codes are. And so I, I did a little bit of cheating and got a whole bunch of, uh, <laughs> of notes wrote out because, well, I did a lot of copying off of <laughs> Wikipedia because you know, it's, it's really interesting uh, when you get into these little nooks and crannies that you'd never really sat down and thought about. So like the Roman code is actually called Mos Morium and my or orium i'm gonna say morium essentially it means the way of the elder and there are eight main virtues and granted since it's roman it's all in latin so it's like phidias and pietas pietas and religio and cultus discipline um gravitas and constantia virtus and uh, dignitas or or atrocious, which okay, a whole bunch of words. They sound really familiar, but and they because ha- I, I mean we speak a, a Latin based language also, but it's you know English, French, all those are all kind of you know offshoot. They're all offshoots of, of Latin, but so you can see roots in it, Span- Spanish things like that. They've all, you all see the roots of, of the Latin words or the Latin words as the roots of, of what a lot of the, uh, a lot of the words we use today in language. But what it says, uh, what Wikipedia actually said was the Latin word of phytus encompasses several English words such as trust, trustworthiness, good faith, faithfulness, confidence, uh, reliability, credibility. So in the concept of Roman law, and as a person, your your code of conduct, the way of elders, is you want to make sure you stay trustworthy, you practice good faith, you are con- uh, you are you people could speak to you in confidence, you are reliable, and you're credible. So don't be a jerk, don't cheat, don't lie, things like that. Don't rob people. You want to actually be honorable. And this is a, this is a great means of just starting because how do you want to set? These are virtues that you have. These are the eight virtues of, of the Roman code. And first one right off the bat is don't be a jerk. Be trustworthy. Don't sit there and say you're going to do something and then crawfish out of it, man. You want to make sure that you're doing it. If you said you're going to do it and you didn't do a long, hard thought on it, then you probably need to actually go on ahead and do it. And yeah, it's going to suck and it's going to take energy. But at the same time, you did actually say you were going to. And that's one of the big things about what doesn't happen. If you don't have a code of conduct, you're not going to do that. You're just, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it whatever, and walk away. The second virtue is uh, pietus, which I'm thinking is very close to piety. But uh, what it says here is that pietus was the Roman attitude of dutiful respect towards the gods. 
So be spiritual. God's homeland fan. Be respectful is actually what it's saying. Um, God's homeland parents, family, which required the maintenance of relationships in a moral and dutiful manner. So always go out and actually make relationships, maintain those relationships because (laughs) that's, that's what we do as men. We are actually very relation relationship oriented people show respect to the God's homeland parents, family. And require and which requires the maintenance of those relationships in a moral, dutiful manner. Maintain. Don't just just because your parents you perceive to have been, you know, just absolute douchebags. And that's all it was. Even if they yelled at you, even if you had a dad who would go off and take you, slam you up against the wall and with you being a foot and a half over, uh, off the ground, yelling at your face, spit flying, hitting you in the face and everything. Was he being toxic? Was he being being a bad parent? Well, that's whatever the answer is, is just a thought. Because your dad, even though he was in that middle of his own emotional upset at that time, he was just operating off of his own set of thoughts. And so you can still be respectful for your towards dad, even if he did actually go off and hit you, punch you. You don't have to, don't have to actually, you know, you can still show reverence and, and, and respect towards the man, though you may not necessarily be going through and actually applying your, you know, handing your children over to him to, to go visit. But then again, maybe he's changed. We don't know. But again, to and I, I had a big talk on, or not a big talk. I did a, a TikTok <laughs> about toxic relationships and 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 kids are cutting their parents off for toxic uh, toxic parenting. First off, what is toxic parenting? All right, whatever the answer is, is just a thought. It's just there's nothing true about it. All right. There's no facts in that. What is a toxic parent? Because first off, we're human. Remember, we're human. We do not have any type of poisonous venom in us. We don't have, we can't, if we bite you, we're not, you're, you're not going to die three minutes later because I bit your finger. It's not going to happen. Now you may end up developing an infection from a bite if it's if it's bad enough where it, it tore the skin, but you're not. There's no such thing as toxic parenting. It is there's all there is is your thoughts of how you think your dad was supposed to show up and did he show up that way? No, that was you running off of a manual. You had thoughts and your dad did not live up to those thoughts. And many times, especially today, we've got people going, well, that's, um, I just had crappy parents. Oh, you just had parents who were human. And to think that you have to pull away from and cut, uh, cut them out of your life because you think that they were terrible people. I take it up from somebody who did not talk to his stepmother for going almost 30 years. Actually, no, about the till, uh, till 2019. So. From ninety two to twenty nineteen, really didn't speak that much to uh, to my step step side of the family. Talked to my dad a good bit, but I walked around with my own set of 
my wounded thoughts. I was the victim. I played the victim. And until 2019, when I started a relationship back up, and you actually can see it. I was built Mending Fences is the name of the, I think it's a podcast episode, name uh, uh, where I was talking about mend those fences because those people are ties to your past. You may not like it, but that may be what if I, I always love to pose the question. What if that crappy life you lived as a kid was the life you were supposed to live? How would you show up then? See, so to have respect for the, your parents, for your homeland, for your gods, and you can see how we don't have this code in our, in our life these days. We have so many people in the U.S. walking around cursing the U.S., showing disrespect to the U.S. because we've, they've been taught by people who don't respect the United States, don't respect their homeland. And you've got people who are, oh, I'm a, I'm a Mexican American. Well, if you've got a hyphenated, and a lot of people don't like this, but if you have a hyphenated, what would you call it? It's not a, it's not an ethnicity. It, you know, if you're, if you're an African American or you're a Mexican American, uh, a hyphenated, uh, American, your ties are lying, still laying with the other land, the, the old land. You don't see, naturalized Americans coming over here going, I'm a Nor uh, Nigerian American. Uh, I'm a Sp Irish American. I am a Russian American. Cause most of us, if we had went through and did that, we'd be going, well, I'm a Irish, English, Norwegian, Swedish American. You know, we'd have to give out a whole string of all the different countries we, our families were from, but we don't, we are American. Americans were always known as being mutts, but yet somehow we've started having to have the, uh, the Burma doodles and the, <laughs> we've started, instead of just being a mutt, we have to be these specialized mutts that have, you know, 13 made up, uh, or 13 breeds all combined together to make a new word. Like, no, <laughs> we're, we're, we're a mutt. All right. I have a mutt. He's a, he's a, uh, he's a sheep -a doodle. But he's a, in all technicality, he, he is a mutt. He's a sheep dog, an English sheepdog and a poodle. That's a mutt. All right. And in all reality, even purebreds, if you really look at it, they're actually just mutts because they've taken aspects of wolves and other animals and combined them together so that you've got a hound dog with really short legs and a really long body and called it a basset hound. You know, so <laughs> getting off, but still our attitude towards God. We have started disrespecting God. We have started disrespecting the homeland. We've started disrespecting our parent, parents and our family and all this disrespect that we are as a society going into is the reason why you have the Times Square riot that happened. We don't have a code of conduct anymore and our families need that code of conduct. Now, the next one is the next virtue. Let's get back on track is religio or cultists and if i had to guess i'm gonna have I'll, before i read through that what it is that tells me that that is a if i was to look at that i would have to say it's not a cultist culture have a good culture so relate what it actually says is related to the latin verb uh relegare or to bind religo was to was a bond between gods and mortals so be religious 
as carried out in traditional religious practices and preserving the Pax Dorium, the peace of the gods. Uh, cultus is the act of an observance and the correct performance of rituals, religious practices. So again, the third virtue is be religious. Find a religion. Practice that religion. Follow the customs and the traditions of that religion. Then we have discipline. The military character of Roman society suggests the importance of discipline. Nah, which, uh, and I, I know I'm slaughtering these Latin words, and I'm, I'm okay with it. Somewhat okay, because I'm apologizing. So, <laughs> But as related to education, training, discipline, and self-control. So making sure that you are disciplined in your education, training, self-control, all that. Be disciplined. So, so far, the first four virtues of most Mariam or the ways of the elder is be trustworthy. Don't be a putz. Be trustworthy and practice stuff in good faith. Then also be dutiful towards your God, country, family, parents, but also be religious and then also be disciplined. Then we have gravitas in Constantia. Constantia. Gravitas is dignified as, as was dignified self-control is what it says. So be, um, uh, what was the, uh, the four virtues of, of a stoic are wisdom, courage, Temperance and justice. And that's temperance falls right into the gravitas, self control, which define as a steadiness or perseverance. And Constantia is the, uh, was steadiness or perseverance in the face of adversity. A good Roman was to, uh, to display an unperturbed facade. All right. Uh, uh, just the, an outside unperturbed and even if even if he is completely perturbed <laughs> you put forth the image of being unperturbed roman myth history reinforced by the value by recounting tales of figures such as uh gaius Mice, whatever the, that dude who was the founding legend of the republic demonstrated his uh demonstrated his seriousness and determination to uh you Eustratian King Lars by holding his right hand in a fire. So it don't overreact is a good way to maintain some self-control. Don't overreact again, kind of points towards the whole stoicism line. Virtuous uh, is derived from the word ver man. Virtuous constitutes the ideal true Roman male. All right. Virtus is actually not virtuous. Virtus. Uh, Gaius Lucius discusses Virtus in some of his works and says that it's uh, Virtus for a man to know what is good, evil, useless, shameful, or dishonorable. So what is your idea? Have your core values. Virtus, uh, if I had to say what are your core values, then you have with your core values, which is one of the main base things for any man who wants to be an honorable man, you have your core values and you follow in the, these eight values altogether. Now, the last one, the dignitas is essentially, I would take it as having dignity and, but 
dignity in the act of serving, because what it says here is dignitas and atreus octoratus octoratus. I'm going to assume that that sounds a little more Latiny, so we'll stick with that. <laughs> Were the end results for displaying the values of the ideal Roman and the service of the state in the forms of priesthood, military positions, and, and magistrates. Dignitas was the reputation for worth, honor, and esteem, and thus a Roman who displayed their gravitas, constantia, fidus, pietus, pietus, and other values of a Roman would possess dignitas among their peers. Similarly, by the path, a Roman could earn octoriatus, or how, I completely forgot how I was saying that word again already, or prestige and respect. Okay? So, to serve others with dignity. Act in a dignified manner is essentially what I'm taking that to actually mean. So your eight values are to be trustworthy, be respectful, be religious, be disciplined, have a set of core values, have self-control, and serve others with dignity. Now, another type of core uh, code of conduct that was actually also available, and I can I can talk th- do this one a lot easier, is the U.S. military code of conduct. And this was how you handled yourself as a as a U.S. soldier, as a, as a, a Marine or a Navy or Air Force, or even you know our weird new the new kid uh, uh, with in Space Force. And there are six articles of military conduct, and the provide essentially what the code of conduct did is it provided guidance for behavior and actions of the members of the armed forces of the United States. This guidance applies not only to the battlefield, but also in the event that the service member is actually captured or becomes a prisoner of war. The code is delineated into six articles. Article one was uh, states, uh, states it as this. I am an American fighting in the forces uh, which guard my country and our way of life. I am prepared to give my life in their defense. All right? So we now know where a soldier stands, why a soldier does what he's doing. We know the why. Then in Article 2, I will never surrender of my own free will. In command, I will never surrender the members of my command while they still have means to resist. So we now have not only our why, I am prepared. I am American fighting for the forces, fighting in the forces which guard my country and my way of life. That is the why. Boom. I am prepared to die. In Article 2, I will never surrender. I am going to fight like there are three monkeys on the, on the loading ramp to the ark and it's starting to rain. Article 3 is if I am captured, I will continue to resist by all means available. This will make every, I will make every effort to escape and aid others to escape. I will accept neither parole nor special favors from my enemy. Article four is if I become a prisoner of war, I will keep faith with my fellow prisoners. I won't give no information nor take part in any action which might be harmful to my comrades. If I am senior, I will take command. If not, I will obey the lawful orders of those appointed over me and bring and back them up in every way. Not every way possible, in every way. Five was when questioned, 
Should I become a prisoner of war, I am required to give my name, rank, service number, and date of birth. I will evade answering further questions to the utmost of my ability. I will make no oral or written statements disloyal to my country, and its allies are harmful to their cause. And last one is, I will never forget that I am an American fighting for freedom, reasonable for my actions, and dedicated to the principles which made my country free. I will trust in God and in the United States. We have a line of actions. We have a very delineated, marked out points of action that we are going to take. If, if this happens, I am all they can expect. All American soldiers will act the same way, except for those two that just got freaking arrested for selling crap to the Chinese. Uh. <laughs> they're uh, they they'll get what they what they get uh they're gonna get what's what's coming to them so if you hadn't been following that little line uh, that little story that was uh that that's aggravating so anyhow though another another well-known code uh code of honor was the spartan code of honor they and there's a, a few of the Stipulations for it is the Spartan hoplite followed a strict laconic code of honor. No soldier was considered superior to the other. So you were nowhere near, you were no better than the guy standing to your left. You were no better than the guy standing to your right or in front of you or behind you. Everybody was the same. You were not considered better. You were not considered superior. You were considered a soldier. Suicidal recklessness, misbehavior, and rage are prohibited in the Spartan army. Otherwise, better make sure you get your stuff lined out. You're not going to wig out on somebody just because things are getting a little hairy. As those behaviors endanger the failings, recklessness could also lead to dishonor. In this case, as in the case of uh, Astromandias or Mandus, Astromandias. Uh, Aristodemus. Aristodemus. That sounds better. Aristodemus. Be nice. They use names like Fred, but you know, I, I, I I couldn't make the, didn't, they didn't ask me. So, (laughs) so, but anyhow, Spartans regard, uh, regarded those who fight while still wishing to live as being more valorous than those who didn't care if they died. Value life. You're going to fight harder if you actually acted as if you wanted to live. If you were willing to preserve your life, you're going to fight harder than someone who just didn't really give a rip if they died in the action or not. They also believed that a warrior must not fight with the raging anger, but with calm determination. You're going to get more done being a fine laser beam focus than if you are a you know just a a wild hair just or not wild hair but a, a just a, a wild man who didn't know where what was going to happen spartans must walk without any noise speak only with a few words in the laconic way of life other ways spartans uh, other ways for spartans to be dishonored include dropping the shield failing to complete the training deserting in battle 
Dishonored Spartans were labeled as outcasts and would be forced to actually wear completely different clothing. So how about that? You know, we, most of them walked around, strutted around in their in their their uniforms, which is by if you watch Three Hundred, it was a, a loincloth, a cape, and and a shield. <laughs> so you know, all of a sudden, you weren't allowed to wear your cape; you had to wear a shirt or something. So it it got a little, you know, you stood out at like a. Uh, you know, you were forced to wear a toga or something. So it was, you stood out uh, in the crowd as to you were, were you Spartan or not? Or were you Spartan? And all of a sudden you did something stupid and dishonored the, the, the army. And another code of, uh, item in the code of honor was in battles, the Spartans told stories of valor to inspire their troops. So they always helped each other out. So the Spartans were very regimented, very organized. And one of the things, and they had their lines of, uh, of belief. And one of those was talking, make sure that you're talking about all the great and grand, wonderful battles that you were in and that they were of honor showing the greatness of the other troops so that they, so that they were ready for these major confrontations. But the next, last little bit that I didn't mention was that they sang soft songs to calm the nerves. They knew, dude, even if you were the ultimate fighting machine, you still were like going, oh, I don't really care to get hurt. You know, it hurts when you get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. And so, yeah, you're going to have, you know, very, you're going to have some varying degrees of nerves, of nervousness. Of anxiety, if you want to use that word, but yet they, so how intimidating would that be? If all of a sudden you're going to battle and you're, you're getting yourself all worked up and ready to go. And all of a sudden here comes all these really buffed out fighting forces all lined up their big old shields and their spears and swords and all that. And they, instead of sounding like they're getting ready to, to rip somebody's head off, they're just doing kumbaya. And just singing softly. That would be a little intimidating to me, actually, to go, oh crap, they're just, they're just, they're zen at the moment. This is, this is not cool, dude. We we want them worked up and they're not. So, (laughs) so there was that, there's that code of honor, that code of conduct by the Spartans. Then you also had the Bushido code, which is Bushido was the Japanese samurai and they had, seven uh different uh, different points that were important to their code there was righteousness loyalty honor respect honesty courage and consistency so a samurai was always righteous again to refer back up to like the the roman code righteousness we need to be righteous the justice is the most important virtue of the samurai a true samurai does not attack the enemy without important without an important reason so to attack you had to actually have a solid uh, uh, solid reason as to why you're going to attack well he he stepped on my big toe that's not a good enough reason you had to have a righteous reason Loyalty. Loyalty is the second most important thing in life. Samurai should always be loyal to his master. The master should also be, should also believe his duty to protect his master is the meaning of life. 
again, you know, there's that honoring your family, honoring the, your country, whoever your is above you, whoever is over you, you show honor and respect to them. Then the third one is honor. A life without honor is not a life. If a samurai makes a mistake, he should honor his name by committing suicide. The story of the 47 samurai is, uh, if you did something that dishonored your, your troops or whatever, they actually believed it's better that you took yourself out than to bring everybody else down. That was to them an honorable means. Respect a samurai who always respects his enemy. Don't, don't underestimate your, your enemy. That's the sign when you become too prideful, pride cometh before the fall. Remember? So if you're, you always start disrespecting your enemy. You start thinking too lowly of them. They're going to sneak around and, and stab you in the butt. So a samurai respects his opponent before and after the fight. Even if a samurai kills his, his opponent, he is still very respectful to the corpse. Honesty is the next one. And a samurai never lies. Deception does not exist in the book of a samurai. Then finally, courage, or not finally, but second to the last is a samurai fights until the end. A samurai never is never afraid of anything. He is not afraid of death. A samurai is always brave because he fights for something that he believes in. And the last is consistency. A samurai never changes their path. That is like a dragonfly, always moving forward, never moving back. You see how all these codes have a sense of value for the uh, for the Bushido is their values were righteousness, loyalty, honor, respect, honesty, courage, and consistency. Those seven were always present, and those you know, those core values are things that you need to have in your own code. And this gets me to wondering, what is your code? First off, why do you need a code? Well, you would want a code because you then have a base to build on, a base to live your life on. So if somebody comes along and goes, hey, I've got a really good you know, deal, blah, 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 and that, that you may have a, uh, have a value of, or a code that says you never jump into something blindly. And that might be taken to the point of, I'm not going to just start buying up stock without knowing everything about it. But it could also be, I am not going to just jump into a fight because I think, because somebody stepped on my toes. I'm not going to enter in an event blindly. I'm not going to do something without just cause. I'm not, so you want to make sure that you have all the reasons as to why you're going to do something you may have uh, be honorable might be one of those really important, you know, statements honorable may not be all that important to you, but courage is. So you want to be able to sit down and write out what your code of conduct is code and make that and also involve your family. You know, you may have your own personal code of conduct, but then also, Bring in your, your family and ask, find out what their core values are, what their code of conduct is. How does the, how do the good ones act? How do the Smiths act? How do the tailors act? How do the, you know, the Humphreys, how do they act? 
All these can be questions that ask, and you actually ask and incorporate what your kids say. So yes, you involve your kids. It may be, you know, what do we do? We, uh, we have cookies. Okay. We relish the victories. You may, you may have to swap and change it around, may have to, you know, elbow the, uh, the, the, the language a little bit, you know, rearrange it just a little bit, but to catch the spirit of what he's, uh, what your, your three-year-old says, but you have that, you get those, those values wrote down, get the code of conduct wrote down. And it can be something similar. You don't have to have 48, you know, rules of conduct. You may, it may only be 10. It may be the core 10 items that are the most important to you. And those are what you want to make sure that you write down and that you address and that you look at and you examine and you refer to time and time and time again, making them out, write it out, frame them, put it up on the, uh, uh, someplace where everybody can see magnet, attach a magnet to it, slap it up to the, uh, to the refrigerator, have a copy of it sitting beside your tape to your computer monitor, uh, have some, have them, you know, have it to where everybody can see them and they can read them and can rememorize them every time that they look at them. That way it's always stays fresh and present in their mind. The more you do that, the more it's going to stick. And when you write it out, hold it, uh, hold to those, those core values. If you all decide that all of a sudden a core value is not good, then, you know, you might need to change it, but change it out for something else. Our core values are important. We've sadly let our core values droop way too much. George Washington had, I think it was 101 or 112 or something like that, rules to live by. And it was a book that he would walk around. And it was things like, don't cross your legs in front of, you know, certain people or, uh, or you know, maintain all bodily functions until you're in a private space. And I mean, George Washington had a very dedicated set of, uh, of rules that he lived his life by. And he would always was referring to those rules and constantly keeping up on them. You can do the same thing. You don't have to have, you know, 37, you know, 101 rules. You can have just a small number of rules, but make sure that you have a code of conduct. How do you operate? How does your family operate? How does your marriage with your wife, how do you two operate together? If you have a business, code of conduct for the business, this thing can stretch out and expand to all Americans. If you're in America, we could actually have a code of conduct for all Americans. And honestly, we're getting to the point right now where it wouldn't hurt if we actually took that type of step. But it would be some that a lot that half the country would reject at the moment because we have such a division and that division has to be rectified in some form, fashion or another. How? I don't know. I'm, it's not what I'm here for. What I think is what I'm doing in that is I'm helping men to understand that they are the men that society needs because right now weak men are getting re- doing a really good job of making bad times. If you've not ever heard that, it's good times make weak men. Weak men make bad times. Bad times make strong men. Strong men make good times. 
So to to be that way, to we're in the process of right now. We have weak men making hard times. So we can extend that and we can keep them from making the hard time if we can step up and we get more strong men in society instead of the the weak man who is so busy trying to find a way to appease the uh appease his teacher and to get his teacher to pat him on the head and go good you did good boy because they didn't have a father we need to start having men who live in the house with their sons showing their sons how to behave but we've stopped that and that is one of the reasons why I believe we are in the circumstances that we are in now and why we're having to talk about codes of conduct and how to be, how to present yourself. So if you had made a, a, your own code of conduct list and you want to share it and you're not ashamed of it, or you're not, you know, you don't want to, you have no problem sharing it out. Send it over to me. I'd love to read what your codes of conducts are. I'll share. I'll continue working on mine i've been and that's what brought the whole i uh, thought up was what is, what are my codes of conduct and i right now i don't have one i'm working on that i'm designing it out and so far it's based on my the core values which is honesty laughter and and i'm again i'm still trying I, i'd have to pull it up and i'm not prepared and i don't want to i've kept you 47 minutes so far so let's get this thing kind of cut down some and get some edits in here and see if we can knock the whittle this thing down to about uh maybe about 40 minutes so anyhow so guys i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to let you go design your code of conduct that's going to be your big task this week design your code of conduct tell them and then share it out Share it with us. See what, uh, send it over to me. Let me know what it is. You can send it over to me by email, Brian with a Y at relaxedmail.com. And we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. If anything in this show resonated with you, you want to, you think somebody would uh, benefit from it, share this podcast out with them. Share it over and share it onto your social media. All the podcast, uh, podcatchers these days have a share button. Hit that share button. Share it out to Facebook, Twitter, threads, Mastodon, you know, any of the, any of the sites that you, you go to and that you have, lots of discussion and you have a group of people that you talk to share this with them say and let them know why if you've got a particular person you that just rings a bell with share it with them shoot it as a as a text message hey man i was thinking of you and i thought this would would fit in with uh, the discussion we had you know a couple weeks ago just get tell them why it made it think of them and then share it with them and let them know there is a there's this group out there called the relaxed male and we're a movement that is trying to have men become better men and by doing that we're able to relax a lot more we're able to sit back and enjoy life more yeah we got to do a lot of hard work but that's okay because we're men we like to do the work we're going to do the work and when we get done with that work is when we get to relax so guys with that thank you again for listening y'all take care Catch y'all next week. Till then, bye.